Welcome. Welcome to Because Cannabis from Wayward Planet. I know you were all hoping to see BC today, but you get me instead. Your other host, Dustin Kava. Um, just, you know, we're going to stumble kind of through this one because, well, you know, that's what we do. We kind of stumble and get through it. Um, we're going to start by just saying, you know, if you like, subscribe, rate us. It all helps us with the algorithm. And, you know, join in on the show. We are live. So that means you can ask questions on all the networks live. We can even, you know, answer them for you and, you know, enjoy the show. Joining us in today, we're going to talk cannabis and crypto. One of the two terms which, you know, don't seem to go hand in hand right now. But, you know, we're going to we're going to kind of wade through this and see what's going on in the industry. And with me is guest Daniel Travlianti from Lemur Genomics out of Michigan. I do want to give a quick little, you know, disclaimer. Dan is my brother. Um, and, you know, we're just going to kind of shoot the shit the way we normally do as family. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. I'm actually going to lead it off into Dan, who can kind of introduce himself. And uh, we'll go from there. How's it going? <laughs> uh, I'll give you a brief history on myself. I've been growing 23 years now. I have grown at least 70 strains in my career. I have been a caregiver breeder here in Michigan uh, for 12 years now. Uh, I've got patients uh, that use the strains that we breed, and I'd like to see them get out here into the mass market. Um, when you say, you know, when you say mass market, what exactly does that does that mean to you? Well, first of all, we need a lot of changes in the industry. I'd like to see things go federally recreational so you could have a mass market versus lots of individual markets. Uh, problem with I see with the industry is if you go to a Massachusetts, for instance, and order a certain strain, maybe one that we all know and recognize, you go to Colorado, it's a completely different strain um it'd be nice to see some bigger companies or even smaller companies create the brands necessary that people could trust them that you could have it on a national level you know looked at uh for the medicine or the recreational product that it is but having a, a stable product that when you go on vacation or you have your medicine or recreational cannabis at home that you can get it across the country on a mass market so, you know, on this show and on various shows, we have talked about, you know, that lineage, that, 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 that idea of knowing where you get, where you're getting your medicine from and what exactly that, that means, um, you know, I guess, you know, it helps me break into the segue here actually with, with, with crypto because, you know, the first thing about crypto in which we're actually going to break down into so even the term crypto, you know, tends to bring a certain connotation to people and, and they instantly are turned off when they hear that word. So I guess I'm going to start off the first by just asking, you know, what, if in terms of, you know, what does crypto mean to you when you hear that word, what happens in your brain? 
Well, I well, I don't know if I have to give a disclaimer that this is not financial advice like everybody else. <laughs> it always helps. <laughs> in terms of, so, you know, it's definitely uh, I feel like the mass market of people think that it's purely like a Bitcoin or like, a, you know, just something that it's digital cash or digital gold, like it's referred to. Um, whereas when I think crypto or now that I have a better what I feel is a better understanding of it is that crypto is a lot of different applications. You know, I mean, yes, you've got peer-to-peer -peer payment systems like a Bitcoin or a Dash or whatever the other ones are. Um, but essentially when you've got like an Ethereum or an Avalanche or a Cardano or all of these other networks that are their own blockchains, it's something completely different than, like I said, a peer-to-peer. -peer. You know, you've got other cryptos that are um, supply chain cryptos that will help people people do their supply chains. You know, each one is a different one, whereas, you know, people don't have that necessarily understanding of what each one does. You know, nobody is out buying a cup of coffee with uh, Ethereum. You know, hell, nobody's even doing it with a Bitcoin because of the lack of how long it takes to do a transaction and the taxes that you'll have to pay at the end of it. But the more and more that it's adopted, the more and more that we can use it, the more and more people understand it. You're kind of like cannabis, you know, a bunch of years ago, it wasn't as widely adopted. People were on the fence, you know, people wanted to go back to reefer madness and all the stuff that, that they seen in the past, you know, and then as more and more people did it, everybody has a family member who smokes cannabis. Everybody knows a friend of a friend who does it and they're not robbing people. They're not stealing for their families. They're not doing all these bad things that was always associated with a lot of drugs and stuff, you know, and the same with crypto. Now we're getting to a point where everybody knows somebody who's interested, at least somebody who's tried to buy a Bitcoin. Maybe maybe they got rich off a of Dogecoin or something. But everybody's starting to know somebody now that are in the positive light, just like they've got people in the positive light of the cannabis market, you know, coming out of the shadows, so to speak. So those for those of the viewers who don't necessarily even understand crypto in general, you know, crypto or the idea of a blockchain, which is really, you know, we were actually talking before the show about sometimes hearing the word crypto makes the hair on the back of our neck stand up because it's such a dirty word. It is. It's just like reefer or all these terms that are used to display things in a negative light. But at the end of the day, what it is, is a completely 100% transparent ledger that allows real-time trackability of whatever is on that ledger. And so as we think about cannabis and that idea of transparency and trackability, we're starting to understand that, you know, the regulations within the industry are indeed happening across the board. They may be happening differently in each state by state level, but they are indeed happening in some way. And that level of regulation, those regulations, you know, it's getting harder and harder to enter into the industry because of the regulations. And that's always been a, a barrier of entry for highly regulated industries. And so as we look towards emerging technologies to help the underlying minorities enter into some of these highly regulated spaces, transparency of a ledger and those, those concepts of what crypto, of what the blockchain provides is starting to make more and more sense within the industry. Um, when we think of, 
you know, this idea of transparency, this idea of blockchain, there are a lot of nuances in terms of, like you said, there's different application based layers of this. There's different reasons to use each individual one. Um, you know, so as we look into that, that highly customized, highly specific thing, you know, I think about um, the medical industry, right? I was reading an article the other day about how, you know, some of the new laws that are coming out in terms of transparency of um, billing, right? You have two medical patients or a medical patient who has gone into the hospital. They have a certain insurance and that insurance requires certain things to be coded as a certain way in order to cover them. And the doctors and the doctor's administration staff, they know that in order to get XYZ insurance company to pay for this, it has to have the right verbiage or else they will not pay for it. And so, you know, what was ended up happening in, in the industry right now is that on average, it could take anywhere from three weeks to six weeks to have the verification of, of, of that verbiage to write, to, to, to process the transactions and get everybody paid with the blockchain, with, uh, with this idea of a smart contract that makes all that verifies all that for them immediately. Those insurance companies between doctors and insurance companies have been able to process that transaction of information in less than 13 seconds instead of six weeks. And so when we start applying, and again, the insurance industry, the medical industry is a highly regulated industry. There's a lot of nuance until how you can do a lot of this stuff to a state-by-state -state basis. And so, you know, when I think about the blockchain's capabilities in, you know, in, in cannabis, you know, is um, I, I, it's an enormous amount of, a friction can be removed within this industry. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. So I guess, you know, when we start saying crypto and cannabis, instead today, while we're talking, me and you are just going to say the word blockchains, you know, in cannabis. Because I think it's just, again, it's that reefer madness shit that we're going to avoid in this episode. Um, but do you think, you know, do you think the blockchain is just a fad? Do you think that cannabis, the way cannabis is being marketed and the way the mass adoption is going is just a fad? Well, cannabis is certainly not a fad. <laughs> when I moved here 12 years ago, I told every member of my family to, this is a snowball, snowball rolling downhill. Jump on. It's not, not getting any smaller. Uh, that being said, I feel the same thing about crypto. The way that you describe the transparency, the way you can streamline everything, the way uh, that it, you don't have that middleman necessarily anymore uh, to do the administrative, like what you said, smart contracts and stuff. You know, Now it, it can be, you can look at a plant or, you know, with the, with the possibilities of blockchain or using a QR code or something, you know, already in the, in the larger industry, they're already using the RFID tags. You know, every, every single plant has a barcode when it gets watered or whatever the lot, the plant itself, when it gets watered, when it gets done with anything fertilized or, or sprayed with something, or even the room cleaned, all of those things are already ledgered supposedly, uh, whether it be on computer hard drive or something, you know, and having a blockchain is just a further way for a consumer or anybody else to come back and say, wow, look at the way that my, and I use the term medicine. I like recreational. It's a great market. It should be everywhere, but I breed medicine for my patients. So I, I use the term medicine quite a bit, but a patient wants to see 
the history of their medicine. They want to be able to know that it was taken care of from start to finish by a brand that they can trust. You know, whether it be a large corporation like Cresco or Tilray or a small caregiver like myself at Lemur. You know, they want to be able to see that it was clean of everything. They want to, you know, not just what it was watered or fertilized with. They want to know that it wasn't sprayed with anything. They want to know that there was no bugs on it. They want to know um, essentially that the product that they have in their hand is, is, is clean and something trustworthy. And a blockchain is easily, you know, just to enter the information in, anybody on a public blockchain can see that information. Whether you bought a product and scanned a QR code and it comes up, or whether you just get on a public blockchain. But yes, it would absolutely create the transparency that I believe a lot of consumers would want. Yeah, right. And so for, for all the viewers out there right now who don't necessarily understand how a blockchain works, essentially a lot of the rules are predetermined on the very first block that is created. And so thus what happens is an industry could theoretically program in all the laws that are currently within the state onto that very first block. And then the minute it goes live and people start using it, all those rules are inevitably baked in. You cannot get around the law because it that function of that blockchain, that, that one contract, whether it's to track the water, whether it's to track the movement from room to room, whether it's to track the loss of whatever happens, all the way down the line, you have a certain way within the state that you have to perform that action. That's why those regulatory softwares make so much money because they code in those laws in order to keep you, you know, able to sustain the audits later on. For me, you know, to bake in the rules into a public system and then provide that for free for a state to have their own blockchain, right? That that for each system of what they're trying to do with this industry, um, and then provide that transparency to the the people who voted in it is a big deal to me. You know, you talked a lot about the patient medicine side, and me, I can't help but say, you know, I'm thinking of the the political side of this and what inevitably are the repercussions and stuff like that too, you know? And so, you know, I guess I do not believe, you know, in my heart, this is the 10th year that I've been into, you know, the idea of a blockchain, the idea of what this has to offer humanity later on. Um, and we're going to talk about the different types of blockchains that can be applied to this industry that, you know, that you're seeing might come to fruition in the next five to 10 years. But to finish the thought, I do not believe that this emerging technology is a fad. And I certainly don't believe that all the rhetoric around the the inefficiency of it, the amount of electricity used, all of these arguments are truly have never been verified to any degree. And when it's really deeply looked into, almost every single one of them have been proven wrong. And so, you know, I, I believe that this technology, though in its infancy, is going to stay. So and, and what do you believe? I absolutely believe it. I, I absolutely do. I think, like I pointed out earlier, I think people, uh, whether it be the consumer, whether it be investors, um, everybody wants that transparency. If, if you're a, if you're a grow operation using a, a lot of water, 
you know, depending on, on what you're growing, you know, hydroponics uses less, you know, than a soil operation. Is it getting evaporated? You know, water's a big deal in this world. People are going, it's probably the next big thing that people are going to start arguing over, you know? So people want to know that you're at least environmentally conscious. You know, well, you brought up lights, you know, do people want to use LED lights? Is it, are they using LED lights because it saves them energy and money? Or are they using it because it's uh, better than an HID? I don't know who's to make that argument. If all of a sudden you had a bunch of solar panels on top of your roof where you're getting free electricity, then maybe you'd be using the HIDs because you're not making that much of a footprint on the grid or everything else. But people are going to want to know, are you using a lot of energy? Are you wasting your water? Um, all of the above, you know, they're, they're going to want to know that, you know, and I think a blockchain is the only way to keep track of that, you know, but I will also point out that People and industries have to want that transparency. And I don't want to talk anything about any industry, whether it's the big guys, the little guys, you know, black market, white market. If this were, if this were nationwide uh, uh, federally legal, you would have a lot less of a black market, you know, and you'd have a lot less of, of these uh, industries out there. You know, uh, how many people are out saying that they're buying their black market pot from California or Colorado, are you getting their extras? Are you getting the uh, illegal grow operations that are happening in the national forests? Does it matter where you're getting it from? You're not getting it from the state that you live in, or you're not getting it from the trusted source that you want if it happens to be in a different state. So if they are able to make this federally legal, if they're able to, to bring the gap between the white and black market much more stabilized, well, then I think that that transparency, people would want it. But do I think that a large corporation wants to sit there and tell you that they grew however many hundreds or thousands of whatever pounds? You know, Put it this way, you can do the research and you can find out that one of these bigger corporation grows their cannabis for two to three dollars or even less a gram. So when you're in a market as a medical patient, say Ohio, for instance, and you walk into a dispensary, not to bash any of them, but you walk into a dispensary and it's three, $400 an ounce. Well, that doesn't really compute when you're able to go somewhere and look up the public record and see that somebody grew it for $2 a gram. Knowing that there are middlemen, you do have to sell it to the distributor. You do have to get it to the, the packaging. There are costs on top. I understand. Everybody understands that. But if you think you can justify a $400 or better ounce, on something that somebody grew for $2 a gram, people will find that discrepancy unheard of. And that's exactly why the whoever will push, there's a market there, whether it's the white market or a black market, and you either choose to sell it in whichever market you can. And, and I think that transparency has to be wanted from the bigger corporations as much as from the consumer themselves. And I think if a consumer saw that a bigger corporation got on with a blockchain that had that transparency and had that everything down from the day that that plant was grown and who it came from and what it was treated with, I think that those would be the first ones on the market to really be the one to create the brand, you know, the next Marlboro, so to speak, or whoever of the right. cannabis industry. Because right now, cannabis is like crypto. There's 1,700 coins out there. Well, there's a hell of a lot more growers. Big people out there, little people like me, there's a lot of growers out there. And you got to know who you can trust. Do you trust this brand? Do you trust that brand? Is somebody transparent with what they're doing or who they are? Or are they hiding behind a pseudonym and, and a black market event? You know, so 
I think the transparency will be key and a blockchain can only provide that. So I guess when I hear what you say, you know, I guess I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, then it, you know, I could see them running it on the back end of their, you know, of the process and never ever, it's not, doesn't even end at the consumer end of, you know, for transparency. It's almost just transparency for the state as opposed to transparency for, you know, the consumer. Do you think that it will, do you think that it's going to be the consumer that pushes the company to actually invest in this emerging technology? Or do you think that the cost efficiency of, of investing in it on a business side of things is going to push it. Which one do you think is going to be the bigger puller, you know, over? I think the latter of the two, because at the end of the day, money talks, you know, you've got the, these big industries, you know, the separation of the roots and the suits, you know, the people who built the industry. And now you've got the suits that come in and it's all about black or red, you know? So I think that'll be the, the, the real driver because the competition is such out there that the prices can only come down. Someday there will be a floor. Someday when this is legal and it's looked at as a commodity, just like a sugar or a coffee, and you've got mid-grade, low-grade, high-grade, and you've got these as a commodity market, there will be a floor for your basic costs of everything. But I think to achieve that floor or to achieve the high cost of what a great product is, I think can only be achieved when it when the big companies are looking at their bottom line. You know, so if it can streamline the bottom line, if it can inevitably make things cheaper on them that they can now compete with the bigger, bigger people who are growing it for $2 a gram, I think that's where you'll have that competition come in. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I mean, we're already seeing it on that corporate level. There's probably not a Fortune 500 company that isn't investing into some emerging blockchain technology. And even down to like the largest supply chains in the world, say Walmart and stuff, their next large computing system is going to be a blockchain to manage their SKUs across the board for their inventory. They've already been planning this for years. And so, you know, you are seeing it across the board in terms of like the biggest boys, which tend to have the most capital to really throw the money at the, at, at anything. Um, they're already saying, yes, this is, this is the future down to the point where, you know, a Long Island iced tea company can change their name to Long Island blockchain company and somehow, you know, generate another hundred million dollars in their stock price. Sure. And we are, you know, we're, we're seeing it. So um, when you think of, you know, and again, there are different types of this technology to be applied to different parts of this industry, you know, do you, what are some of the ones that you think are going to that are, are going to come up, you know, like the first one I think of is, you know, is the easiest because it's just the, it's the one that everybody's doing with everything as it, as it stands today. One of the biggest barriers with dispensaries is that they cannot accept credit cards constantly. Are they in a battle to take payments of some kind? And then the cash, the movement of the cash is another whole logistical thing that they have to operate within. And right. so, you know, this idea that a centralized payment processor like Visa can stop the money from getting to them or stop the consumer in some capacity from giving them or completing this transaction, 
they're already seeing the opportunity of these barriers of having that released. And so crypto, you know, the first round of crypto was to be deemed as digital gold. The next rounds of crypto were to be deemed as applications and financial ways to move money quicker. You know, it wasn't necessarily a store of value. It was the movement of value and how fast you can do that, that, that you know, started being developed. So we have already seen that the that this application is being applied to decentralized payments, that 40,000 people can help me process this transaction for this customer and can do it quickly as long as we don't use things like Bitcoins, use purpose-driven, built things to do that. Um, well, like when you said about the states, that barrier. you said, you know, oh, well, if a state had it on a blockchain, you'll, well, think about if that is just like you referred with the medical records. You know, think about you as a patient or even a consumer as, as a uh, recreational user. But what's what every transaction was maybe, you know, recorded that all of a sudden they, you know, the, the best way that they knew how much cannabis went where, you know, you got so much on the, uh, the ledger that was entered into the system. So much went out. You would know you've got a bulk at any given time, your surplus, your supply and demand, uh, how that would help is if I'll keep going back to it being federally legal. Okay, so now you've got a state that is maybe not in a surplus. You know, now that having it on a blockchain and knowing that Michigan has 200 growers out there and we've just got cannabis coming out of our ears, but yet some new state like maybe Oklahoma that has new startups that don't have product on the shelves yet. Well, now all of a sudden with it federally legal, you're allowed to move it across state lines. You're allowed to, to get the cannabis to and from. You're in the banking system. Now, if you want to have it where you can take a crypto payment, great. All the better yet. It's all there as a recorded payment system, you know? So it, the the likelihood of there being some kind of a fraudulent action would be less to none because it's all right there. You could, just like when they people hack the Bitcoin, you know, and the government wants to track these public addresses. Now, I don't want to get into tumblers and stuff, but you can file a public address and you can, you know, if, if I want to make my information public, you would know that I spent... $200 a month on my medicine or my recreational fund that month. And you would know that I happen to like sativas and maybe someone will be able to use that information for marketing or something. You would know that I'm a medical patient Perfect. that goes with concentrates. Now, all of that could be right there for these companies to utilize and make their jobs so much easier and more efficient in what they're trying to accomplish. Well, and I even look at that concept of the state trying to figure out their own taxes, like how all that works, right? The smart contracts, every time one of these movements of this product happens along the chain, you can have that currency value immediately get designated and sent to the state in real time, split right. between all avenues and every investor and everybody who's involved within the entity could instantly have their share of whatever the heck. And so when I think about like just the cost that the state goes into to administer just collecting that from each cultivator within the state or each dispensary and all of all of those movements, it's like, oh, my gosh, it, it's, it's done in seconds and automatically. And they can in real time watch their bank account every day climb with what revenue is. And then they can have every single transaction. With every single transaction. And then they could have a ticker on the public website that publicly displays how much money is being generated from this for the community. And then they could also show in perfect transparency where that money was sent within what community and why into what project. 
And so, you know, we start thinking about this transparency, this transparency around this, even if it's at just a government level and it's very, very private with just them, there is tremendous value in a certain amount of that transparency. So we've talked about payment processing. You also brought up a really good point now, which was the marketing tracking. Let's talk about that. What does that mean to you with a blockchain and cannabis? And what do, what exactly is resonating with you with that? Well, I think about what I could do. You know, I'm a breeder. I've got strains. I, I'm limited because I'm bound by the laws of Michigan that I can only have a, a couple of patients, you know, but the reality is, is I'm a breeder and I've got strains that I'd like to see out there. I'd like to see the, the greater community be able to consume those, you know? So in terms of a strain that I've created, if I had a blockchain or I had a way that I'm selling it or licensing it to these larger corporations, you know, inevitably, if they were to type in that they garnered X amount of income from that, and then I work with two or three or 10 or 200 organizations for whatever personal strain of mine, at the end of one or two or five years, I could then, number one, I could quantify the value of it. I could say by far, bar none, this is our top selling strain. This has made X amount of dollars for X amount of growers. And look at the average income is this, depending on whether you, what market you're at or whatever. You know. And on top of that too, I could see maybe location of wherever, you know, say we're on a federal, federal legal. And I know that my East Coast sour diesel is doing way better on the East Coast and it does on the West Coast or vice versa of whatever strain. I would know that um, in the supply and demand issue, you wouldn't want to flood a market with the same product. Everybody's smoking the same thing. So I would know that if uh, Cleveland, Ohio, you know, had a lot of our product, or I should say, because I'm in Michigan, maybe Ann Arbor has a lot of my product right now. Then I would know that if the next grower called me and said they wanted to buy strains and they were from Ann Arbor, the first thing I could say to them was, is there's five other growers around you growing an X amount of plants. Maybe you should be lean towards this strain or a different market. Do you, are you working in the upper peninsula? Maybe you can grow it in Ann Arbor, but maybe you should be selling it in a different market. But I would easily be able to quantify the, the genetics that I have, you know, and that's another thing too. You want to talk blockchain and genetics, you know, I'm a breeder. So in terms of breeding is just like a male and a female breeding. When your mom and your dad bred and they had you and then they bred again and they made a different person, no time is it the same. I don't call about the anomalies of twins, but the reality is, is they can breed a bunch of times in a row and no child is ever going to be the same. They will still have the same intermixing of DNA, but they will be indifferent to make you different. So as a genetics breeder and a plant and cannabis or something like that, Someone who uses like, uh, I believe it's Emerald Scientific or maybe uh, another one of these companies out there that provide blockchain and some form of a DNA snippet on your plant. Now you have it put out there that this is your plant. It's your, G your DNA on the blockchain furthered out for however many people that are going to use your genetics and therefore quantifying the creation that you had. Um, Kind of like the article about the governor in uh, Colorado who wants to do that for the branding of the cows. Same exact thing, take out cows, put in cannabis. These people have had cows in their family for 100 years. It's their genetics of genetics. They brand them because it's theirs. So, you know, I think we actually got this article right now. I'm actually going to bring up this article for everybody while we're talking about it. 
please um, do, you know, because that's another problem with, with having your DNA and everything categorized or not a problem of it, but the beauty of having it on a blockchain. You know, I could sell these genetics to a company right now who happens to have a friend who grows another company who doesn't want to pay for my genetics. And all he needs to do is cut a clone off and hand it to him and tell him, hey, go name this something else. Yep. And the reality is, is he can do that. It sucks that that happens in this world. And But, you know, having the legitimacy of having my DNA for that particular variety coded on a blockchain at such and such date is further helping to prevent somebody from saying they're going to steal your genetics. Because all you have to do is have the genetics tested and they'll be the same. So, yes, have, go on. No, go on. You know, I, I keep... So you're, you know, you're, you're tracking your stuff to other cultivars, but you know, I keep thinking about the big boys patenting the genetics of this. You're having utility patents and stuff filed on the actual genetics of other people's strains and, and large, large, massive scale multinational corporations are owning the DNA of the plant that you have theoretically bred for 20 years yourself, you know? And so to me, the blockchain is this independent equalizer. It allows you to prove your genetics and timestamp it with cryptography to say, uh, 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 even though you, you filed this utility patent three years after the fact, this is, this has been cryptographically proven that I, it's been developed by us, you know, right. or even and, if I grew the same exact strain, I'll say sour diesel. Now I don't, right offhand, I'm, I'm talking now, I don't know, but I'll tell you father A and mother B created the original sour diesel, okay? The original sour diesel has been around forever and ever and ever. You've got an East Coast sour diesel, you got a West Coast sour diesel, you got my sour diesel, you got all these sour diesels. But the reality is, is I can take a father A and a mother B, and if I'm willing to breed them myself and look at the phenotypes that I've come out with, Using those starter genetics that were used years and years ago, I can probably create another child that's close to the original, but it will not have the exact DNA that the original had. Everybody can grow an OG Kush. Oh, that OG Kush. Well, go get the mother, go get the father, make your own OG Kush if that's what you want. And the reality is, is yes. Do you want to call it OG Kush? I would. Because it's the name that everybody knows for 20 years. But at the same time, you know, do you want to get rid of your, your, uh, your name? I'm Lemur Genomics. So do I got a Lemur OG? Yes. That is the way that the world will work. We could all have sour diesels and there can be sour diesels on all coasts of the country. But I want my Lemur diesel to be Lemur diesel because it's the genetics that I mix together. Even if I mix the sour diesel with the sour diesel, these are yep. my genetics. These are the mixture that I made. And when I made that and there was a thousand seeds that came out, none of those thousand seeds had the same genetic replica of the other. They were all DNA same, but they all grew differently plants. And then one was taller, one was shorter, one was this. And then you take your desired traits, whether it be the color purple or whether it's potency or whether it's terpenes or you take your desired traits and you back cross it back in and that's how you stabilize a strain to where it becomes your own and it shouldn't really rely on a name. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't be able, I, I, it shouldn't be the fact that it takes years and years to create a stable phenotype and somebody just takes a cutting and it's theirs tomorrow. 
that's what a um, blockchain will help protect yes. you from. Right, right. So when, when you read this article, you know, this article uh, from Colorado, you know, it hits a couple different things. You know, it, it talked about the, you know, the, the nuances between the cattle industry. You know, what, how do you think that it, it's, it, it's very similar to, to the cannabis industry with something like this? Well, what if you what if you had a herd of cattle that had been in your family for a hundred years? Uh, the way that you do things, the way that your family has done things, and that your grandfather taught your father, and he taught you, and you know, right on down to jerking off the bull, because sometimes yep. you got to get that sperm somehow. So that's your genetics, okay? Yep. And they save it with a brand. They burn that right into the cow's ass. And I'll tell you what, sometimes your fence breaks. And then like the article, it may say your cow wanders off or whatever. And somebody's like, wow, that lemur genomics brand just wandered onto my property. Maybe I had to jerk this cow off real quick before he wants it back. You know, people want to steal the genetics. They want to steal what we're not even steal, but everybody should be allowed to have it. Maybe, maybe they don't want to pay for it. But if you had a branded product that was out there, it was followed on a blockchain and that cow got loose or somewhere, there would be a way to get it back to where it came from. There would be a way to know where it came from, how it was treated from start to finish. Yeah. Well, and I also like this multi-layer concepts of like only certain bits of information needs to be accessible to certain wallets. So a state has access to all of it, you know, or whatever the amount, a customer only has access to, you know, the transparency of its movement and the genetics of the, the water usage of it or whatever numerals that... You know, um, and you have that way to quantify that data and separate it automatically and decentralize. You know, the article also started mentioning things like DAOs. Have you heard of a DAO in, in, in the blockchain before? Absolutely. Absolutely. In terms of DAOs, um, I've got mixed feelings. I do. I love the idea of it. You know, I think uh, in a way... It gives people like myself or, or you know, a, a group conglomerate of people who maybe have a same driven uh, um, goal to come together, pool their money, believe in something, vote on it and act on it. You know, um, I think of we'll, we'll link the two here. We'll, we'll, we'll say cannabis and crypto. Well, crypto or your blockchains is the Dow and somebody's going to use cannabis to cure a form of cancer. Okay, so now all of a sudden you've got maybe this is on a world scale now. This isn't, you know, just the United States going to cure Canada or cancer. I'm sorry. Uh, this is Canadians. This is people all over the world coming to you. Millions of people donating millions of money. And now all of a sudden you've got a billion dollars in your coffers. You know, now you've got the power of some of these countries, you know, uh, Google's or Apple's, all these, they got trillions of dollars. They got more money than some countries in the world. Well, now all of a sudden, as a DAO, you would have some fight in the game. You might have lobbyists after you. You could really decide as a group of people that are going to vote on things that, yep, we're putting a lot of our money towards fixing can't. We're going to investigate plants. We're going to investigate cacti. We're going to investigate. We're going to put all of this money towards a common goal and beat this now, not fighting these medical systems where you know the they don't want to cure it comes across as they don't want to cure the things this is a business medical is a business hospitals are a business insurance is a business you know keeping people sick and alive 
is sure a hell of a lot better than killing them right off or treating them right at the t at immediately. So in, in terms of, of people like coming together as a DAO and, and pooling their money, pooling their ideas and working towards a common goal for the better of humanity is, is a wonderful, wonderful thing realizing that it's a double-edged sword as well. People can come together and have bad ideas. People can come together and maybe work towards a common goal of racism or something horrible as such. And maybe maybe it grows and maybe it's worth a billion dollars and now we have a whole different argument to make of what's good, what's bad, how does this help people. Um, I like having an equal vote. You know, I, I like uh, that maybe there's an anti-whale mechanisms in a lot of these DAOs so that people can't garner another lot of votes to vote themselves into higher powers. You know, po power yields corruption a lot of the times, yep. you know, so if you can take away that power, if you can leave it amongst the people, if you can, you know, and, and people don't have to decide on every little thing, you know, they can vote on having somebody in charge of the treasury. They can vote on having somebody, you know, making decisions of the direction of which type of cancer we want to go towards. You know, maybe we cure breast cancer today and tomorrow we're going after colon cancer. You know, maybe somebody has a heart for Alex Trebek and we're going to put all of our stuff towards pancreatic. Maybe we're on the same thing where maybe you've got multiple DAOs by multiple and cancers. And that's what I was going to say, you know, like for those out there who don't even know what a DAO is, a DAO is basically a decentralized autonomous, you know, agency or, or, or you know, organization. organization. Yep. Yeah. And, and so the idea there is that you can set this up in multiple ways, meaning that um, you can have a DAO that every single function of the organization is set up on a public ledger to be vote on by the people who own the DAO token for whatever it is. Meaning that if I could set up an organization that collects all this money, that DAO decides what CEOs are in what positions. It decides everything down to the brand colors, to, to every single detail. The DAO can theoretically push out a vote. The vote can go through. And instantly when the vote goes through, everything happens and is automatically autonomously moved along. Um, and that is, again, can happen with a, a coffer of assets. So you have 100,000 people who are voting for where something goes. There are also ways to separate that DAO to where, you know, maybe that organization structure isn't in a DAO, but what they're going to do is in the DAO. The customers actually theoretically vote what strains they're going to carry, or the customer votes which dispensaries or which locations of Ohio needs it the most, or where all the money should be donated to when we are donating something to charity. You know, a lot of these new companies, these cultivators and stuff are B Corps now. You know, they're running these nonprofit organizations as a cultivator. And so running that nonprofit as a DAO now could have true nonprofit, you know, implications to it. And again, the DAO can move product or inventory. It can help you with HR. It can, it can literally autonomize almost all aspects of the organization. And Absolutely. so, you know, like, yeah, you are a hundred percent right where, you know, when you offer a portion of control and transparency to that control to whoever is, this is for, um, you can make a big impact and now you are in control of the impact. And essentially it's, it's, 
I don't want to say it's like owning a stock, you know, but if I own Apple stock and Apple is going to make some kind of move within their organization, I usually get an email and it says, hey, you can chime in, you can vote on this or whatever, because you own a portion of the company, you own a stock or whatever, you know, I don't ever vote on the damn things. But in the end, you know, if you if you care enough about the organization, if you care enough about the direction of what you have bought into, then essentially you own your percentage of it. And as the pie gets bigger, just like, you know, when companies go public, your pie gets bigger, your ownership, you know, maybe comes down a little bit, but your your assets get bigger in the end. So everybody that would buy into the cannabis DAO or whatever the case may be, would be able to say, you know, as it got bigger, as our assets grew, as you took on different projects, everybody that was an ownership in it would profit or, or at least come out better from it because everybody is on the same page in terms of direction, goals, and overall functionality of, of what your smart, smart contracts and stuff can do for you. Essentially, smart contracts are just an awesome thing. They just make your job easier the way I see yes. it. You know, yes. I mean, if it could be written in that, like you said, all of that money, there's going to be X amount of profit on somebody's sale of cannabis. And immediately, you know, instead of like, say, a, a dispensary has to shell out X amount of dollars to buy bulk product in advance, and then all of a sudden it doesn't sell, well, maybe then now there isn't that transaction of, of this big, huge cash uh, transaction. Maybe there is nothing more than a transfer of product. Every time the product was sold on the blockchain, X amount of dollars went to the grower, X amount of dollars went to the dispensary, X amount of dollars went to the state for taxes, X amount of dollars went to the city. And it's all right there with every single transaction, like you mentioned, happening within seconds not on a quarterly basis that yes. everybody's waiting for every three months for their big tax return or the to pay their taxes to the government or they could essentially be able to do it immediately all the time eliminating the end of the year put together and know? it eliminates a lot of the corruption within that industry you're not getting too powerful because it's not just you who's in power it's the 60,000 other people who are voting in real time against your decisions and your actions and everything that's done around you that really is the power of the organization right down to whether or not if i do a good job or say something wrong we could i could be voted out of the office the company Absolutely. that i build and start i could be removed from theoretically you know and so you know i i think right now we've consistently with all the movements happening within the country the 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 consumers are one becoming a hell of a lot more educated. We are in a time period of history where we have the most educated consumers buying the products that they are, period, of ever. And so with that being said, we have educated investors too at the exact same point. These are not people who are just buying stocks. These are people who are looking into truthfully, what are the morals? Where is this company going? What's the roadmap behind everything that they are doing? And now these people legitimately, everybody has a say, you know, and, and that's fucking powerful within an industry that is highly regulated too. And, right. you know, and we've, so we've talked about payment processing that it could simplify the idea that these guys deal and, and operate payments across the board and giving the state their money. We've talked about inventory tracking that a system like this could have. We've talked about 
Um, this idea that, you know, protection of your strains. We talked about like putting patents and genetics onto the blockchain. We've talked about, um, you know, bits of the marketing on your side being as like, how do I market this product to more cultivars, you know, the, the, or more cultivators and stuff like that throughout the, the state. I now want to bring up this concept of tracking the marketing on the consumer's end of things. This concept of, you know, every time that someone scans your bottle to read the ledger to see what is within your product is now an action on the ledger as well. And it's this idea of knowing your customers directly. The industry as a marketing as a whole, when we think of the marketing, um, it is technically in a massive bubble right now, and a huge bubble. It is in a bubble because most of these companies hide how, how they made the connection to the end consumer or what the actual value of that connection to the end consumer is. Google sells ads. Every ad that is on Google's network is an auction that multiple people are bidding on those keywords. And if you win the auction at the price for that keyword, now your company gets to use that ad for those keywords, okay? The problem is, is that it's getting harder and harder to track theoretically where that customer saw your ad and, and paid for it. If I paid a newspaper and they are telling me 70,000 people get this newspaper a day, I don't know if 70,000 people legitimately read that line of text. And I certainly don't know if those 70,000 people were even wanting to purchase anything from my company and they weren't even a customer to begin with. They may be a different demographic or a different age group or a different, whatever the hell may make them not even a customer. And yet I've paid for the ad impression for that person. You know, the blockchain now starts offering a very direct trackable connection to your consumer. If you need to pay for advertisement, you can legitimately pay for ads and have them only sent to the people who ever bought your product or the people who are buying product in your very specific area and, you know, to your very, very catered terms. And now your ad money is being spent in a way that, you know, dollar for dollar, what it's providing for your brand. You know, it costs money to market. It costs money to make the calls. It costs money for the, the pricing sheet to be made up. It costs money for the email infrastructure to be, it costs money to do all of these things. And so you don't want any wasted money ac across the board. You know, and then you hear that word tracking, like, oh, the consumer is going to be tracked and we're going to start sending ads to them. But it's like, what if I tell you that the consumer is in control of every ad that they receive? Maybe they receive a portion of the ad revenue. Maybe when they want to delete their information, they hit that blockchain delete button and it literally deletes it from everybody's blockchain. They're no longer having to go to the dispensary and say, can you delete my information for me? They just hit the fucking button and poof, it's gone. Or the minute that they're not a patient within the state anymore, they don't deserve to be tracked under the same terms. Poof, the blockchain delegates what is trackable, what is not. And so, you know, we see that along the supply chain here, there is so many portions of this that can be affected by this emerging technology. And that truly can simplify the lives of everybody that, that is in every ancillary business as well within this industry. 
Um, we're actually coming up hard on this hour pretty quick here. Um, wow. So I guess there's two things I'm going to do. I want to end with, you know, just what what is your just a final thought from you? You know, it could be blockchain related. It could be cannabis related. It could be, you know, medicine and patient related. You know, if there was one thing that represented lemur genomics in, in terms for, the, for anybody watching, what's one thing you want to say about that? And then what is also one thing you're looking forward to, I guess, for the industry? Wow. Um, well, I guess uh, I, I, I cannot wait for it to be removed from a schedule one, but taken off the schedule one list. That's it's. It's unbelievable to me that in this day and age, still 2022, that it's a schedule one on par with some of the other drugs that are up there. Um, I, I just, I can't believe it at this point in time. Uh, there's a lot of states. I don't even know how many. When I came here to Michigan, there was 14 states that were medical compared to now. I don't even, I haven't even counted anymore. I think I it's probably 20, we're over 20. Yeah, you know, we're like and recreational. Like I said, it's a snowball that has been rolling down the hill. You know, I think that we're at a point to where everybody knows somebody that that has dealt with cannabis or the you know any of the above, you know, or crypto. But to have cannabis federally legal to where we can have an open market to where it's actually uh, a commodity that people understand prices, um, I think it'll change the industry completely. I think that you'll have a massive migration of outdoor growers heading towards the southern uh, sun states. I think you'll have indoor growers up in the northern states. I think that'll be your definition of between you know, high quality, no offense to the outdoor growers, but when you're indoors, every aspect of everything is monitored. It's 78 and sunny every single day of the week. There's no bugs, there's no molds. There, it's Everything is just perfectly laid out for the best product that you can produce. Outdoors, you have a lot of things that, you know, nature, she, mother nature, you know, you only get a couple harvests a year, especially in the sun. But that being said, when it's federally legal, when it's federally looked at as a commodity, when we can federally work cross state grounds, the, the, the industry is going to bloom way more than it already has, you know, and if you can fit uh, blockchains into that at the same time, I think that might be the catalyst. That might be the transparency that that the government wants, that the banks want, that the consumer wants, that everybody across the board wants. They want that 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 transparency where everything falls into place, that nobody's getting scammed, that nobody's going to have anything bad happen, that the government and everybody's going everybody's going to get their cut, everybody's going to get their tax money, everybody wants the money. Um, hopefully, it'll bring the prices down to where the consumer can now grab in without having to feel that they've got to trust a black market source. Um, you know, this is stuff that people are ingesting. You're ingesting this, whether you're smoking it, whether you're eating it, whether you're concentrating it, God forbid you concentrate something with a bunch of methyl ethyl bad stuff sprayed on it. Now you're concentrating <laughs> all the methyl ethyl bad stuff, you know, and now people want to, like I said, this is consumed and I look at it as a medicine. I don't care if it's recreational you know, but it's consumed. You're putting this into your body and you ought to know the process from start to finish. I don't think that there's very many pharmaceutical companies out there telling you the start to finish process of how they've come across a lot of their medicines that are chemically made or however it has happened. You know, um, I think transparency is in the redundancy of all of it has to, has to stay forefront. 
Man, well, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us. I'm gonna, you know, like, um, I, I hope that you'll come back on and talk more, more of this with us and talk some other facets of the industry because you certainly have a ton more knowledge than just, you know, the implications of the blockchain in this. That is just a one one thousandth of the rest of knowledge that I would love for you to present to some of the viewers at some other points in time. Um, and, you know, I guess for my final point, I just, you know, crypto, crypto was all about self-governing of, of my own life. This idea that I need to be in control of myself. I want to be, I want as, as someone who in every industry that I've ever started a business within, I've had barriers that have prevented me from doing really, really simple things, even though I wasn't doing anything illegal. And so, you know, to me, it's all about that freedom. And I also think about cannabis as that freedom. It's that ability to regulate my own personal medicine, being in control as a patient of what I put into my body, why I do it, when I do it, what's the repercussions of it, what avenues and, and the reasons, all of those things, having that control as a patient to me is, it, it is a, it, it's what has actually allowed that to help me. You know, when you get a prescription pill and you're told you're only going to take X amount for X amount of days. And then if it doesn't fucking work, you're going to call me in 90 days and you're going to come back and I'm going to change this dosage again. Having that ability to regulate on a day-to-day -day basis on a need to need basis has changed everything and it's cut my usage down in half and yet has given me tenfold in effectiveness on how I manage my pain and everything else in my life that I got to manage, you know? And so I love that idea of it's, it's the bridging of transparency and control to, to your life and in, in, in every facet of the life. And to me, that's truly very, very powerful. So Thank you. Thank you for joining me during today. I know we stumbled a bit at the beginning, but there is, we've literally only touched base on half of what we even wrote down as our outline to even discuss here today. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's, we're going to, this is going to be coming into the conversation more and more throughout the industry. And I definitely want to have you back on to kind of, you know, watch the progression of this. So stick yeah, with yeah. me. I'm, I'm going to drop down the countdown here. Um, in a couple of seconds and then stay on with me after the fact. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit after, after the live, um, but to everyone who's listened today, thank you for everyone who's going to listen, please subscribe, follow, rate us five stars. It definitely helps with the YouTube algorithm and helping people, you know, find more of these conversations. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you on, on the next show. I'll be around next Friday again. So thank you. Thank you again. Thanks.